0: So, welcome to The Vineyard. What are we, a church changing the community, one person at the time, God willing. Over the past couple of weeks, we've been doing a small series on relationships. And the first week we considered how to respond to being wronged. You know, what's the Christian way, the kingdom way to being respond to being wronged by somebody? We examined that. Last week we looked at how to position ourselves personally to be the type of people who are healthy enough to make healthy relationships with others, and we looked at some points on what we can do. And then today, I want to examine and talk about our posture towards others, how we treat one another in relationships, our attitude to one another as well. You know, as usual, this past week was another week of outrage, um, dying on hills, and general raging from one issue to the other, as we have in our culture. Um, I really like what they say in Scotland, there was a right storm in the teacup this week, and um, that is just a wonderful saying for you to take away with and feel educated by today. And so, you know, one of the things that happened this week was there was a random man named Colin, and Colin had people both despising him and loving him for various reasons this week because he agreed to take some money from a previously very popular um, sports apparel company who decided to just do it, okay? And in that breath, that manufacturer took on the identity of our said random man named Colin and becoming really loved even more by some in some quarters, yet being despised by others in other quarters. And this week, you know, if you're a person on social media, because this is where most of these battles rage, but even made it into the news, this week that was a hill that many people were choosing to live and die on. But at the end of the day, we have to ask ourselves a question, if we're kingdom people. And it's this, who is Colin? Does anyone know Colin? Has anybody had a conversation with Colin? What is Colin doing right now? Where is Colin? I've seen Colin's haircut, and that's pretty impressive. That's what I want to say about Colin. And if you met Colin, regardless of which space on the outrage specter you were this week, because in this room there were a number of you who'd be... Other side of that outrage specter, what would you say to Colin? How would you treat Colin? Would you treat him the same as, say, another person who is both loved and hated by folk? Uh, His name is Ben. His name is Ben Shapiro. I don't know if you know who he is, but lots of people love him and lots of people really hate him quite a lot. And how would you treat Ben if you met Ben? And the real question is this, if you're a kingdom person and you're someone who has the kingdom of God growing and dwelling in you, the answer to that question is you would most likely treat them both the same. And so this week I really want to talk about what kingdom people do. And a kingdom person, a follower of Jesus, is someone who treats other people with honor. And honor takes relationships to new levels, and that's what we want to examine today. So let's pray quickly before we get into our first reading. Lord above, we thank you that even though we offend you so much, even though we take your land, your planet, and if we had access to it, your universe, and we take it and we trash it continually, that we misrepresent you on it, yet still you honor us. You honored us by the presence of your son, Jesus. And not only did you honor us by his presence, you honored us by willing, to being, be, by willing to suffer for us. Thank you that you're the God of honor. And this morning as we begin to consider honor and learning how to use it to build relationships, Lord, would you remind us of the honoring that you've given us and begin to change our hearts and transform us into the people you want us to be. God, my words this morning, let them be from you, Lord, and anything not of you may be forgotten. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Right. If you have a Bible, our first reading is from Romans chapter 12, uh, starting at verse 9, and it says this. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Let's jump over to 1 Timothy chapter 5 and see what Paul is saying to them. And he starts talking about leaders and elders in churches, and he says this, The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. For Scripture says, Do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain, and the worker deserves his wages. Do not entertain an accusation against an elder unless it is brought by two or three witnesses. But those elders who are sinning, you are to reprove before everyone. So that so that others may take warning. You know, welcome to leadership, those of you in leadership. And he goes on to say, I charge you in the sight of God and Christ, Jesus and the elect angels, to keep these instructions without partiality and to do nothing out of favoritism. So those first two readings there kind of throw up a question for us. And that first one is, Who should we honor? Well, take those two passages together, and what does it teach us? Well, it teaches us this, that we should honor everyone, all people, right? And, you know, when you look at something, especially those who have leadership over our lives and authority in our lives. And the honor is the same for both, but it's a bit different, and we work that out as we go along. Now, to honor someone doesn't mean to worship them or to Elevate them to some sort of hallowed status, some sort of oh wow, this is a really amazing person, like we're prone to in our culture. I don't know if you noticed, but in our culture, people begin to elevate and almost worship people who are celebrities. In Christian culture, it gets just as bad. People tend to do that to folk like me, pastors. That's why I like to tell you all my disaster stories all the time. I'm not interested in that kind of honor, right? And so as you as people go along, they they try and figure stuff out. But it's not about elevating people and worshiping them. To honor someone means to recognize their significance in God. To recognize that this person is significant. They mean something. They matter to God himself. And then it means also to recognize their calling in God. And to treat them accordingly. It means to actively show respect to people and to consciously treat them the way you would want to be treated if you were in the same position as them. That's what it means to honor someone. You're willing to treat them the way that you would want to be treated if you were them. And that includes the way you talk about them behind their back. You talk about them behind their back the way you want them to talk about you behind your back. And so on. That is to honor someone. But even more than that, it means to actively rebuke your own heart when it takes on a dishonoring and critical attitude towards someone else where you begin to notice that building up inside yourself and you go, you know what? That's not right. That's not what a follower of Jesus does. That's not what a a kingdom person does. And you check yourself. You go to the mirror and have a little bit of a -a tête-à-tête with yourself. As they say, do you use the word tete-a-tete over here? Good. Yeah, good. It's not too educating today. but So honor really is an issue of the heart. That's where we begin. So a little, some silly examples, you know. Um, are you are you respecting and honoring people in your heart for what they're doing? So I'm going to throw some people under the bus today. Yeah. So those of you who are high schoolers and middle schoolers, you know, Uh, The question on honor would be, what is your attitude to Will and Sarah Burke sitting in the back there? Because I like to embarrass them as often as I can. But, you know, what is your attitude to them? Because, you know, anything below an honoring attitude is probably borderline sinful. You know, uh, how do you feel about them? You know, uh, how do you talk about them behind their backs? You know, (laughs) how do you talk to to their faces? I don't know, you know, I don't go to youth group. I don't know how wild it gets over there. You know, but are you are you treating them the way you'd want to be treated if you were leading youth group? You know, are you speaking about them to the other kids in middle school the way that you'd want them to speak about you if you were leading them and they were in middle school? That is an honouring thing. Those of you who are online social media warriors—I don't know who you are. I don't know if we have any of them in the church. But you know uh, those people that you see somebody that says something on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, and you know that today is the day that your reply is going to change their mind. You know, <laughs> never does does it. Why, why? does it never happen? You know. So when you when you're conversing with someone and dialoguing with someone, especially people you don't really know too well you know, or or writing about someone. Um, Do you write to them or treat them just as numbers that represent an ideology that offends you? Or do you engage with them as though they are some other human being trying to figure life out, but they just seem to look at things completely wrongly? Because obviously you're right, all right? Because you know that, don't you? We're all right at the end of the day. And so how do we treat them? Do we honor them? Or are they just some sort of representation of something that we find offensive? And so, therefore, we need to treat them like they are that ideology. And often, that is how things work in our culture. And so, to honor, really, and to think about who do we honor, as we approach other people, we want to give to them as we wish to receive. We want to treat them the way we want them to treat us. That is the kingdom way of treating other people. And that leads me nicely into the next point of how should we honor? And, and, you know, what is the posture that our heart should be as we honor other people? And it's going to bring us up on our next reading up on the screen. So 1 Corinthians 13 should show up. Fantastic. And uh, it says this. This is a famous one that gets read at weddings all the time. And it's... It's relevant for weddings, actually. It's relevant for marriage, those of you who are married. But at the same time, the context wasn't written to married people. You know, we can interpret that as such, and it, it is right and good. But actually, this passage was written to a church, not like, our, unlike ours, but a church where things had gone wrong. They were really gifted. Things were happening. They were growing. It was all pretty cool. But they were prideful. Everybody in that church looked at others with a slight little bit of disdain. People were competing with others with their giftings. And and there was just a a disharmony happening. People weren't honoring one another. People were looking to be the top dog. Or, you know, if you had the gift of tongues, you wanted to be the best tongue speaker. If you were the worship leader, you wanted to be the best worship leader. Everybody was vying for control because they wanted to elevate themselves. And so it's into this context that Paul writes these words. And he says to them, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but do not have love i'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal if i have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge and if i have faith that can move mountains but do not love do not have love i'm nothing if i give all i possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that i may boast but do not have love I gain nothing. And it continues in verse 4. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And so when we're seeking to live kingdom lives of honoring other people, really at the foundation of what should fuel us to do that is this basis of godly love. You know, as you grow as a disciple of Jesus, your love, or to make it more real to you, your active care for other people, caring about them and caring about their welfare, them succeeding, that... Thing in you should be growing. You know, so, and if it's growing, you'll become more patient with people. You will become more kind. And when you're getting annoyed with them, you'll find that you become better at dealing with that annoyance. There's something in you that's growing, and you're becoming for others more than what you were before. Yeah, because Jesus was for you, even though you're a mess, even though I'm a mess. God was for us. Even though we were messing up his planet, he continues to reach to us. He is for us. On the flip side of that, if you're someone that a follower of Jesus and you find that you're becoming less patient with people around you, you're becoming more and more annoyed, more and more tempted to dishonor them somehow with the way you talk about them or even the way you treat them, then that's a bad sign. Then it's time for you to take stock, go back to basics, say, hey, Lord, what's going on inside me? What is, what is wrong inside? Because my love meter is going down. And when, when things are going well with Jesus, your love meter goes up. It doesn't go down. If it's going down, something's wrong. And so you need to take action. And, you know, we all struggle with this at some point because it's human nature. It's life. We go through good patches in life and we go through bad patches. And often when we go through bad patches, that's when you know, the love meter goes down and the grumpy meter goes up, you know, or whatever it is. And the reason why is because, you know, each one of us probably struggles with pride to some sort of degree. Pride's probably the root of most sins, you know. And pride really is when we wake up and one day begin to believe the lie that we individually are the center of the universe, and what we think really matters more than what other people think. Pride is that thing that somebody has when you're on the interstate, and everybody's going the same speed, and it's a traffic jam, and it's slow, and it's annoying, but there's that one person who's not going to the hospital, but they're diving in between all the lanes and cutting other people off. Or well, they join the motorway, and we've all done it, and they go five lanes over, or they're out there, and they realize, oh, this is my exit. I better get over there. Six, I'm doing it in Atlanta all the time. Six lanes in one go. Nobody dies. It's amazing. Right? Fascinating. But that's pride that makes us do that because, you know, humble people just go, oh, I've missed my exit. I might as well go to the next one and drive the long way around because I'm a Wally <laughs> and I'm not paying attention to the GPS. Right? But no, we don't do that. Whew, take everybody out on the way. I won't tell you the last time I did it. I needed it on two lanes, not five because I'm not that brave pride, pride is the thing that fights against the love of God growing in us. Because to allow the love of God to grow in us means to allow us to lift others up above us. And there's something in us that doesn't really want that because we want to be above. And so the battle of growing in your faith continues. But as you do that, as you begin to hand yourself over more and more to the love of God growing in you, You're able to do this next thing, and that is to seek to see what God sees. Because if God's growing in you and you look at other people, even if they're offending you, especially if they're offending you, the question should be, if you're the kingdom person trying to live the kingdom life, the question should be, wow, Lord, that person is really annoying and really offensive. But I've got to ask, what are you doing in their life, Lord? And am I supposed to contribute to it? right now? The hard questions. The hard questions of being a kingdom person. And that's one of them. And so that leads to kind of our last and final question of the why. Why should we honor? Why? What's the point? And so let's jump into our next reading. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And it says this. And then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all creatures that move along the ground. And so God made, created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. This passage is actually incredibly core to certain aspects of Western society. It's core to the Constitution. You know, although technically America is a secular country, the Constitution borrows a lot of its understanding on the importance of humanity from this passage, even though, as we know through our history, the Constitution didn't really fully represent it as well as it should have over a period of time. But core to the Christian understanding and core to the way that followers of Jesus see the world and see other people is this passage. And um, this is why, you know, other religions don't have this foundation. But there's this foundation that we have, and it's this, that every single human being that we encounter is meant to reflect the goodness of God. In fact, that person was made to reflect the goodness of God. That person was created in the image of God, and that alone gives them intrinsic worth. You know, we sing all the time when we're worshiping God, worthy, worthy is the Lamb, and God is utterly worthy. And we, in and of ourselves as human beings, aren't really worthy. We're kind of worthy of judgment. That's really all we're worthy of. But in Christ Jesus and through this creation, this passage, because Jesus comes to fix this, Right? This is why Jesus comes, because when Adam and Eve do their first sin, they break this. They, 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 they shatter the image of God. Basically is what they do. They were created to reflect the goodness of God to all creation. In their first sin, they say, no, we're not gonna do that. We're gonna reflect ourselves. It's about us. That's what they do. And so that's what breaks creation, and Jesus comes back to heal that. And so as Jesus comes back and dies and rises on the cross, it's not just for the forgiveness of sins, which is really important and good, but he comes to recreate people so that people can once again remember that they're created in the image of God. And so God gives us worth. God makes us worth something. So every single human being is valuable. Right? Right? and should be treated as though they have value, is basically what this passage means. And so any place where the kingdom of God is welcome, any place where people are trying to follow Jesus, key to that is you should see a group of people treating others with value, regardless of their race, color, creed, and regardless of whatever type of sin they're living in or how offensive you might find them. You must treat them with value, because God has given them value by creating that person in His image, whether or not that person chooses to embrace that and pursue that, that's not up to us. We still have to treat them as though God has given them that value. Okay, so God has created people in His image, and then God has anointed people to do things. So you know, I used the silly example of Will and Sarah Burke over there being youth leaders, but you know, they have been commissioned by this church. To be the youth leaders. And so they're anointed in all sense and purposes to do that task. And so that anointing should be respected. Because God has called them to do that, and they do it to the best of their ability. Sometimes really great, and I'm pretty sure sometimes not so great. But I'm not going to talk about that today. You know? And regardless of how well they're doing it, we still honor them in it. You know? Um... And that doesn't mean I'm looking for all sorts of honor and stuff like that. I've got a funny story here. We were at the regional conference um, this year in uh, Virginia Beach, Vineyard Community Church of Virginia Beach. I really need to change your name, something easier. Anyway, They're the biggest church in our region, and our regional overseers, Andy and Sharon, they pastor that church. Well, in their church, they they... They like to, they're on the honor thing right now, and, and they love to honor one another. So one thing they do is when they refer to each other, they all refer to each other by title, right? So And it's a new thing. They didn't do it the last time around. So we're all chatting and having a laugh together because whenever they were talking about one another from the stage, you know, past, Sharon didn't call Andy Andy. She called him Pastor Andy, right? I was like, that's, dude, that's your husband. Why are you calling him Pastor Andy, right? And so the whole staff of that whole church, that's how they all refer to each other. I have no problem. Lots of churches do. But they do that because they want to honor each other. And so I was joking around with them. And I was like, I was like that's not going to fly in my church. They're like, why not? It's just because I don't like it. <laughs> that's why it's not going to fly. I was like, no, no offense, because I know some people can't but not call a pastor, pastor, say, if that's you. I, 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 that's fine. I can deal with it. Don't worry. You're not in trouble. But I said to people, I introduced myself to folk as, as Billy. And when people call me pastor, I get a heebie-jeebie. I was like, you know, you can call me Billy. It's fine. I'm just a short guy trying to get to heaven, right? <laughs> and um, so I'm, I'm not lost on that cause. And so anyway, so we we're talking about this and she was giving me a hot tub. She's like, no, you should do it because it's about honor. I was like, hey, listen, my people want to honor me. They can just t- take their discipleship seriously. You know, that's good enough for me, really. Nobody needs to be giving me any title, you know? Just be be nice to each other, you know? Treat one another as though you have intrinsic value. When you offend one another, forgive each other, you know? Deal with it. Talk about it, you know? When you feel the need to gossip about one another, don't. You know? Bite your tongue, maybe until it bleeds a little. Take your calling seriously. You're called to be the kingdom of God of priests to all creation. God has given you value. You are His image bearers to the earth, you know, even to puppies. Right? I know that sounds funny, but the calling of those in Christ isn't just to people. Right? So when you meet a Christian who's an environmentalist and, you know, they're like super crazy about it, that's okay. You know, tell them to treat people nicely too. But, you know, as well as the kittens and the puppies. But there's nothing wrong with that because in Christ Jesus, when he comes back in all his fullness, it's the whole of creation that we're going to rule over. It's such an honor. It's a privilege. God has honored you immensely. You know, and if you go home and think about it, it'll make your head hurt. But your response is this. Your response is to move forward for them and say, okay, if God has given me that honor, I need to reflect that by honoring others. And the beauty about that, as you begin to honor other people all around you, honor does this thing. It has this, this way of empowering relationships. It takes relationships to a new level. Because It gives them substance. You know, just think about, I hope you've all had this privilege, but just think about people in your life who have honored you, who have like really treated you with just, you've just all of a sudden realized in a moment, wow, that person has just treated me with a real deep sense of respect. You walked away from that person going, that person values me more than I think I should be valued. And as you've walked away, you've wanted something from that person. And what has it been? Friendship. You're like, wow, that person is worth having as a friend. If they think that highly of me or are willing to treat me that well, they are worth having in my life. See, I, I really felt honored once, um, somebody in this church. Um, I'd been doing something that had been annoying them uh, and that they found rather offensive, um, which I probably do every week, let's be honest, y'all. Anyway, so I'd done something, it's not my wife, just okay, so y'all know, it wasn't Rachel who was offended by me. I know about that pretty quick when that happens. But anyway, so this person had been, I'd done something, they were really offended, really annoyed at me, and I had no idea, because they were, they were, you know, they weren't treating me badly or anything like that, right? They just, they were, they were still being nice, you know, they're still playing nice. And so I was none the wiser, you know, ignorance is bliss. And just, you know, skipping along gleefully in my way. And so that, that person came up to me one day and said, look, I, I really need to apologize to you. I was like, you need to apologize to me? What have you done? Right? And they began telling the story how they'd just been harboring some annoyance at me and be, just something in, them had really, in me had irked them and they were chewing it over. And they'd realized that they were, in a sense, dishonoring me in their hearts and they wanted to repent of it. And they came up and apologized and repented. And I was like, wow. Thank you. You know, I didn't even ask what I did, because I didn't want to know. Right? Sometimes it's best just to remain ignorant and carry on that journey, right? Because it might not have been anything I could have changed. So yeah, sometimes you need to know that. But anyway, I just I came away realizing that's a person I can build relationship with. Because when I offend them, they're gonna do something about it. And they're going to do something kingdom about it. And that made me feel incredibly honored. And so that person has continued to be a good friend for me. And that was one of the moments in our relationship when I realized this one's a keeper. You know? And so we continue. And so I encourage you to be that person to others. Honoring is so important. It's so core to who you are in Christ Jesus. Cuz God is recreating you every single day. Right? And whether you feel worthy or not, whether you feel valuable or not, it doesn't matter. You are valuable cuz God has made you valuable in Jesus. And you are something special. And so feel honored about that. Say, "God, thank you so much." And then go and give that honor to other people. Come on up, Christian. Look at that finished before eleven forty you can go home and have lunch early today. fantastic right everybody stand let's, let's if you can if you can 't just stay seated but let's uh let 's move towards ministry time oh. and just as we enter this time of silence and as we just welcome uh, god 's presence by his holy spirit. Um, and I just want to encourage you just in this moment to dwell on the honour that God has given you. Just dwell on this fact that He is just so willing to invest His His reflection, His image into you. I encourage you just to be thankful for it. Don't reject it because it's yours whether you want it or not. It's just it just is. Such a good thing. And this is what makes our God a good God. So often in churches, people tell you, you know, come follow Jesus. He has a wonderful plan for your life. That's kind of true. That's a half truth. He really does have a wonderful plan for you, but it's an eternal plan. And some, it doesn't mean life's going to be easy. In fact, sometimes life's going to be a bit tougher. So, Father, thank you so much that you pour honor out on us. Thank you so much that each one of us in this room is called to be an image bearer, to, to just be a transportation device of your goodness to the earth. Thank you so much. And so, Lord, each one of us in this room, we know that none of us does it well. None of us does it well. We all mess it up all the time. But we thank you that the calling is still there that you invite us into it every day. And so, Lord, as we stand here, each one of us knows, even now, in those areas that we're not doing that. And so I just want to give you an opportunity to just to repent. Just speak to Jesus. Say, Lord, I'm sorry that I haven't honored you with this person or that person. Just, just, just bring it before him. There's forgiveness there for you. And just receive it right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for your forgiveness. Forgive us for dishonoring the identity that you've given us. Help us, Jesus. So Lord, for each one of us in this room, I pray that you would help us to honor others. Help us when we feel that thing happening in our heart that does likewise to check it. Holy Spirit we give you permission just to invade us to rebuke us as, as and when it is required and, and to transform us Lord. God you're so good. See anyone on the team feel word?